2: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Sometimes today is a dud. Sometimes today is a lot of action. It's trade deadline day. We are, he looks at the clock, two hours away from the 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline to make trades. That's it. And we got some action. Hi, this is NFL Now, NFL Network. I'm Andrew Siciliano. We're in the newsroom in Los Angeles. Thanks for watching us today. We'll get back to the highlight, the Browns, the Bengals, and all that happened last night in Cleveland momentarily. Let's get you the deals that have been done. First off, Chase Claypool, about 25 minutes ago, went from Pittsburgh to Chicago for a second round pick. Interesting. All right. Also interesting, the fact that TJ Hawkinson went from the last place team of the NFC North, the Lions, to the first place team of the NFC North, the Vikings. It's Hawkinson at a couple of picks for a couple of twos. It's an interesting deal here between the Lions and the Vikings. Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofolo. Tom Pelissero, the insiders all working their phones today with two hours to go before the deadline. Let's do this Chase Claypool trade first here. Tom, that's the one that just came down. It's, it's the Ravens, or rather the Bears, giving up the two they got from the Ravens yesterday in the Roquan Smith deal
4: that's right andrew And this is a significant trade for the bears here to bring in a playmaker they feel that can help justin fields in his development so as much as chicago has been a seller to this point eating money trading away roquan smith and robert quinn in this case they are buyers on trade deadline day sending that 2023 second round draft pick to the steelers for chase claypool now claypool had been vocal about his frustration in Pittsburgh, said that he wasn't getting enough go balls down the field. Well, that's a Justin Fields specialty, those vertical types of throws. You would think he's going to get plenty of opportunities for that. And as for the Bears here, this is not a rental player type of a situation. Chase Claypool is under contract for 2023 as well at a relatively low number. The Bears still now, based on those other trades they've made, have eight picks in the 2023 draft, close to $120 million in cap space. A lot of flexibility here in this rebuild that certainly appears to be revolving around Justin Fields.
3: Ian was making a face. Let's clean this up here. I'm... uh juggling a a lot of different things here so Ian I got that wrong it's It's not the Roquan Ravens two it's the Bears original two which honestly makes this even more confusing here you're giving up what will likely be a higher pick a better pick than the one you're getting for Roquan
5: right but it also explains how the deal got done because if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers you get a more valuable pick it's all it's all just how you value the player and You know, who knows what this will be in the end? But, yes, the second time was right, not the first time.
3: Okay. Wow. Um, I don't get that one. It's okay. TJ Hawkinson, help me explain this one, Ian.
5: Well, this is an easy one to explain. The Detroit Lions obviously felt they were not going to re-sign T.J. Hawkinson, someone that the previous regime uh, tra- uh, previous regime drafted and someone who's due a huge uh, sum of money, about you'd think it would be uh, north of 13 or maybe $14 million. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Vikings have Herb Smith, who's headed to injured reserve. Their tight end. They look like they are primed to make a run, one of the better teams in the NFL. So they send what amounts to a second-round pick and maybe a little bit more. Uh, They send that, and they get T.J. Hawkinson. So if you're the Vikings, all you do is load up with a really, really good weapon, excels at yards after the catch, a tough blocker as well, a tough dude as well. Uh, Really a no-brainer for the Minnesota Vikings.
3: What's going on, Mike Garofalo,
6: with Bradley Chubb in Denver? What's going on is the Denver Broncos are looking at a guy that they're going to have to pay a lot of money to at some point if they want to give him a contract extension. It's also a guy that uh, George Payton, the new DGM did not draft, so looking at it saying, well, i got to get something back at some point for what I traded away for Russell Wilson. This might be a good opportunity, so I'm going to explore it, but I'm not just going to give this guy away. It's not like we're going to get some later round compensation. Obviously, they want early round compensation, including a first round pick, and That's fair when you've got a budding pass rusher, obviously. It's what are you adding on top of a potential first-round pick. Sometimes it's two first-round picks, depending on where those picks are in the round. So uh, the Broncos, as far as uh, them being talked about for multiple players that they might trade away, it's looking like it's going to be Chubb or Bust when it comes to a trade today. So we're watching that now with two hours to go to the trading deadline. Elsewhere, Cam Akers, the Rams running back still away from the team. For what they have dubbed personal reasons, he misses football. They don't necessarily miss him, but they will welcome him back, it sounds like, if they can't find a trade partner, and that's been difficult for them to find at this point. Now, it seems like there was some disagreement at some point between Akers and the team for how he was being used, but the Rams believe that's something that could be patched over if they don't get themselves a trade partner in the next one hour and 55 minutes. I love counting it down, but this is another guy we're watching to see if he'll be back with the Rams after this deadline passes or if he will be at an, in another location.
3: Rams started Ronnie Rivers at running back this past Sunday, yep. ahead of Daryl well, Henderson. Rivers run. Not much, yeah. All right, guys, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern time, the trade deadline. Let's talk about the New York Jets here. They were 5-2. They were They were looking good. They thought they were going to beat the Patriots. It didn't happen because Zach Wilson threw three interceptions. Oh, don't worry. Now all you have to do is clean things up and face the Bills.
0: He does an unbelievable thing of getting out of pressure and finding space, and he looks downfield and there's nothing there. That's okay. Let's go live to play another down, keep the ball in our hands. Uh, we'll play the field position battle. Our defense is playing really well. We can run the ball. We can do all those things. So um, uh, for him, just just always just that that simple reminder, it's okay to be bored. And just to remember that you've got a bunch of guys in that locker room who are pretty good at football, too, and they've got your back.
3: Right. It's okay to throw the ball away, and one of them here, Baldy, Mike Giardi. Wilson said he was trying to throw the ball away, and Devin McCourty ended up with an interception. Um, That O-line has taken a lot of injury hits. Now without Elijah Vera Tucker, Giardi, and as I mentioned, it's only the Bills this week.
0: Look, I love Brees
7: Hall, but the Elijah Vera Tucker injury may be the real problem for that Jets team they struggled dramatically against the Patriots pass rush which isn't really phenomenal Matt Judon on one side but you know they just tend to send a lot of bodies at you four and five man rushes but they pressured him 17 times Zach Wilson in that game that's a 40% pressure rate on dropbacks and here's the problem Zach has been poor very poor against pressure this season. I mentioned the stat last, uh, uh, yesterday, whenever it was, last night, yesterday, nine out of 47, 150 yards, five interceptions versus pressure this year. That's 19% completion rate percent. That just, just, that can't happen. And here you go against the Bills, a defensive line that has been eating all year long. And now Ed Oliver is back. He's healthy. He was extremely disruptive in that game versus the Green Bay Packers. You have Von Miller coming off one side, Greg Rousseau, who had a sack the other day coming off the other. They come at you in waves. I don't know how the Jets handle this because most of the pressure came off their tackles. Five on each side.
8: Mike, this is a, this is a tough matchup. We thought the Jets would match up good against the Patriots because defensively, they're a pretty solid football team. But the Bills present issues. It showed up against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers last week. They're willing to give you some yards on the ground. I mean, it's not the greatest thing that they do. But they are just airtight on the back end. Their zones, like good luck trying to find space in their zones to throw the ball. And so if the Jets can't have better success on the ground with Michael Carter, we'll see if James Robinson can get into the flow. If they have trouble just sustaining offense on the ground, this is going to be a tough day because what we saw from Zach Wilson is kind of what he does when he's under pressure and under duress. He plays this helter-skelter style of football, and he throws the ball up, and you're going to get a chance for two or three. The Buffalo Bills just happened, Andrew, I know you know this, just happened to lead the league in interceptions right now with 11. They can't wait for a couple of gifts on Sunday. It's The key is really can the, can the Jets maintain some kind of ball control on the ground and keep it away from that beautiful offense that the Bills have.
3: And on extended dropbacks this year, Zach Wilson, meaning four seconds or more, when he's running around back there, he is, checks the stats, three for 31. So okay. it, it it has not That's gone it. well. No. Now, conversely, Josh Allen, when he has time to run around, makes plays because he has guys like Stephon Diggs. It's a well-oiled machine now after a couple of years in this offense and now with Ken Dorsey taking over. It's it's an interesting challenge, though, Mike, with Sauce Gardner and what this Robert Solid defense is going to throw at him.
7: Well, you know, one thing I observed from being at the game Sunday with the Patriots and the Jets is Sauce Gardner doesn't even bother getting in the huddle. He's got that side. Like, you don't have to worry about it. This is you. You're the guy. Um, and when they talk about him, they just say how much he has come along here during the course of the year. But the thing is, he started off well, right? And now he's playing at a, an extremely high level. I think a lot of people say he's a top 10 corner. Some might even say he's a top five corner right now, which is crazy to think. But look, this is how good he is. His length Uh, His ability, as the Patriots noted, to cover smaller guys and stay with them. Um, His intelligence for the game, that's going to be on display, and it's going to have to be because this passing attack is elite. Um, Stephon Diggs absolutely destroyed the Packers. The Packers decided, you know what, we'll have Jair Alexander cover Gabe Davis. We'll work uh, different bodies against Stephon Diggs. Well, Diggs goes over 100 yards again fifth time this year, catches a touchdown. Again, I think that's his seventh touchdown this year, and 156.3 156.3 passer rating when Allen targeted Stefan Diggs. But here's the thing. On the other side, DJ Reed's been just as good as Sauce. Right Right there, right? So they have built this very good defense. Like, to me, the Jets' defense is kind of a playoff defense already. It's what can happen with the quarterback and that offense. But this is a massive challenge for them. And, look, the Bills weren't really psyched the way they played that second half against the Packers. So they'll turn it up, I
8: think, for this one, Baldy. Mike, the, the Jets, or the Bills are where the Jets want to get to. I mean, everybody's looking up at what the Bills have built. So they're building this thing, and the defense is getting better, and they're adding pieces, and DJ Reed and Sauce are pretty entrenched there on the edges, and the safeties have been good, and the pass rush has been really, uh, you know, it's, it's won a lot of games for them. But this is a different challenge, being able to defend Josh Allen and finding different ways. You can't just line up with the same defense and beat Josh Allen. And so you have to account for him every play as a runner. And the one thing that the Bills are doing this year with Ken Dorsey as the offense coordinator is they're making a commitment to the run. You saw it last week in the last couple weeks with Motor Singletary. You're seeing it with James White coming off the bench right now. They're committed to a a fullback and a tight end on the field. It's not this spread offense that we saw with Brian Dable. And so it's morphed a little bit. And I think it's going to benefit. The Bills. I mean, they ran the ball 27 times. They threw it 27 times last week, and that was enough to put up a big number against the Packers.
3: And uh, just a little bit of advice here for Sauce Gardner. Not that he needs it. Not that he would do this, but yeah. don't find Stephon Diggs in the tunnel pregame
8: at <laughs> insult
0: him. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring.
11: Goes to Madison up the middle, and he plows for a touchdown. Alexander Madison gives the Vikings a 2017 lead.
3: A go ahead touchdown this past Sunday as the Vikings go ahead and remind people. That they are six and one, and three and zero oh in the division, and they have the largest lead of any of the eight division leaders in the NFL. They have a three and a half game lead, and they are adding. They are adding at the trade deadline. T.J. Hawkinson is going from the Lions, the bottom of the NFC North, to the top of the NFC North. And kind of an odd trade here. It's T.J. Hawkinson and a couple of picks for a two and a three. Basically, the the Vikings move move down a couple of picks in a couple of rounds, and they get T.J. Hawkinson. And the man who gave them their go-ahead touchdown last week helped them beat the Cardinals is here on an off day. He flew all the way to L.A., it's great to have Carolina Alexander Miles. Madison here, who's a Southern California native, with us yes. live on the set. How are you, Alexander? I'm doing good. I'm blessed. It's blessed. Awesome to be here. And Appreciate it's awesome you. to have you guys atop at the division as well. You're coming off the bye, obviously. And listen, we talk about the Eagles. We talk about the Bills. We talk about the Chiefs. We're going to have Dan on to the power rankings a little bit later. I don't know if you're going to like where you guys are in the power rankings. Why can't people look at the record and go, this is a
10: really, really good team? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Honestly, I don't Do know. Do you guys um, feel it? We feel it. We feel it in that locker room, and uh, to us, that's all that matters. So the outside noise, whatever it is, you know, people uh, can either recognize it or not, but we know what we have in that locker room, You know, and we'll continue to demand that respect.
8: You know, it's interesting. The record is the record. Six and one, five straight, all that. But you look like a well-coached team. Like, you look like you're ready for situations. And last week, Alexander, you get five opportunities in the red zone, you score five times. I mean that's always a mark of a good team. You score one, your quarterback ran for seventeen yards. I I mean everybody went and like <laughs> celebrated with Kirk Cousins what he did.
10: That. I don't know how he got there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we we were joking around, we're calling, you know, the real purple eight, calling Lamar Cousins. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, as you see, you know, we're able to just continue to come out and find a way to win and That's hard to do in this league, you know. You can always find a way to lose, but to find a way to win is something that we really take pride in. And uh, like you just mentioned, being situational masters and playing really good situational football. So, you know, as as long as we just continue to do that, we'll continue to demand respect. You told us during the commercial
3: that you were on your way here to the network in the car when you learned of the TJ Hawkinson trade
10: earlier this morning. What do you think? I think it's a good move. I think, uh, you know, for us, you know, unfortunately, Irv, um, you know, Irv Smith had a, had Irv Smith had a little bit of an ankle uh, injury in the past game, but um, you know, adding, adding fuel to the fire, adding some more weapons to our uh, arsenal is something that we're doing, and I think that he's going to be a great fit um, as we come in and try and get rolling. And just to be clear,
3: some people had thrown your name out there last week. The deadline's a couple hours <laughs> away looking at the clock
10: here. Your name out there in trade talks. Are you hearing anything? Are you good? I haven't heard anything yet, and uh, you know we got a couple hours till the till the deadline ends. So hopefully, hopefully, I don't hear anything.
8: <laughs> you so you started the season off by beating the Packers. You got this big advantage right now. Do you feel like you're the team? I mean, obviously the record says it, but like, are you the new champions of the NFC North right now?
10: Yeah, I think that you know it's it's a comfortable spot for us to say that. Uh, We have been uh, one of those teams to continuously fight for that top spot. And for us to be sitting right now at at a spot that we we want to be sitting at, we're definitely not satisfied, but definitely want to take over the North. Just
8: a year ago in this building right here, Kevin O'Connell was part of a team that won a Super Bowl. When he came, and you're around him now throughout half the season here, what does he bring to that locker room, to the practice field, game day on the sideline?
10: Man, he, just, he brings that, that positive energy, that confidence that you need, um, someone that's accountable, um, that holds himself just as accountable as he holds his players, and uh, it's paying off. Purple 8, you called Kirk
3: Cousins a Purple <laughs> yeah. 8. It's a big week for Purple 8. First trip back to Washington. His old stomping grounds. Can we put this chain up here? Because I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought this was a like a joke at first. This is. Is a that a the Kirk Cousins ramble? we
8: don't get to see? Yeah,
3: that, that is. is. What, what kind of swag is Purple 8 <laughs> taking into
10: Washington this week? Oh man, he's bringing it all. Um, as, as you see, every every time he's just steps into that locker room, steps out onto that field, he's bringing a different type of energy with him, and um, he's getting younger as he as he ages. Um, you know, his locker is next to JJ's, and. Um, I think he's giving them tips on how to do the gritty a little bit better, but mm-hmm. uh, other than that, I think he's taking a lot of different swag points and just, uh, you know, being himself and being fun, Kirk Cousins. Tell me about Amorfo there on your sweatshirt, while you're here. Yeah, I'm here, you know, we're doing a launch today, launching a new weight vest, and, um, you know, that comes with new new colorways, new technology as well uh, within the Omorpho app, but um, just really um, I'm, I'm bought into the brand. I'm bought into the effects of omorfo and how you train with it. You can train anywhere, you train different. And I think it's helped me become a better well-rounded athlete. And help you
3: put together a very good season here. Six career starts for Alexander Madison. Uh, four of them with 90 or more yards. So there's a reason. Obviously, teams might call the Vikings, but he's going to stay as a Viking here for the next couple of hours here with the Morpho as well, back home in Southern California. Alexander, we love that you're here, especially on game week. You heard the news earlier about Adam Zimmer. I know you worked on the offensive side of the ball. Clearly, Zimmer was your co-defensive coordinator. But when you heard that news this morning... Um, obviously, it, it's shaking the entire organization and, and, and everyone around the NFL um, yeah. is obviously sending their best wishes. Tell, tell me your, your memories of Adam Zimmer.
10: Uh, you know, just always one of those guys who walk around and have a, a positive attitude about him. Um, you know, he, he was one that kind of just um, kind of in his own lane a little bit, but obviously it was open to cracking jokes and laughing with some of the guys, which was kind of cool for me to see uh, from the offensive side of the ball, seeing some of Uh, the different defensive personalities come out. So it really is a a tragedy, and, you know, uh, my thoughts and and wishes and prayers are with the Zimmer family.
3: Alexander, can't thank you enough for being here again. As mentioned, midweek on a game week. Congratulations Obviously, on the earliest success, best of luck this week in Washington and moving forward. Can't wait to see you the rest of the way. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Alexander Madison, everyone, running back for the Minnesota Vikings. We mentioned Kirk Cousins. Here is his tweet Um, when he learned of Adam Zimmer's passing. Deeply saddened by the news. Tremendous coach and person. Had the privilege of sitting next to him, flying back from games. Learned so much. Praying for the Zimmer family. Adam Zimmer, 38 years old.
2: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit Concert concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 seconds to Mars, Owen oh, Two Door Cinema Club.
3: Hertz takes it, he fakes, he's back, he's looking. He is going deep for
8: A.J. Brown, who leaps, comes down with the for football, it's a touchdown. And he takes it away from two defenders what a catch
9: aj brown goes
3: wide to the far side hurts takes the snap he's back he lets it fly he is going deep and it is caught for a touchdown aj brown touchdown number two on the day jalen hurts just threw a strike hurts
8: looks he is going deep down the far side
3: and it is aj brown
12: again another touchdown 29 yards
8: two three
3: touchdown passes and they are undefeated, seven and zero. Trying to make it eight and zero as the Philadelphia Eagles travel to Houston for Thursday night football to open up Week Nine, eight fifteen Eastern Time, streaming on Prime Video, also available on NFL Plus. It's a Jalen Hurts homecoming.
10: It is exciting to be able to go back home and play in front of uh, the home home crowd, the home um, where I'm from. You know, I think that's exciting and you know, while it is exciting, it's you know, my process doesn't change. My uh, mentality doesn't change. Every every week is a business it's a business trip, it's a it's a it's a business trip, you know, and it's, that's how I'm treating this week. Nothing, nothing changes. With
3: friends and family, James Palmer, undoubtedly their channel view high school, channel view Texas, not far from Houston after Jalen Hurts kept his team undefeated and kind of showed every side of his maturing game this
9: past Sunday.
12: Andrew, I like that you said his maturing game, because in that press conference that I was in just a couple of minutes ago, Jalen Hurts said being patient is a big part of the process, and I'm a living testament to that. We've seen Jalen Hurts now in his second year as a starter really grow and the patience of the philadelphia eagles appears to be paying off he doesn't think of himself as a dual threat quarterback he thinks of himself as a triple threat quarterback he said he can kill you with his legs he said he can obviously throw the football and the third one is the part that everybody in philadelphia has been kind of waiting to see if it develops and that's the mental aspect of the game and having answers when teams change things up and he's seen different defensive approaches towards him and he we've seen him kind of grow and find those answers you saw those three touchdowns from aj brown He was not the first read on all of those, and he's been talking to his wide receiver saying, if I see something pre-snap, be ready. This ball may not be, you know, pre-snap for you, but within the play it might change to be for you. And the biggest part of that, Andrew, that I think stands out is he had a 66.7 passer rating when he was blitzed in those first six games. And then in game number seven, he goes for 164 yards, 11 of 18, and three touchdowns against the blitz. What they're seeing is the ball's out of his hand quickly. I talked to left tackle Jordan Maialata just a few minutes ago and he told me it's just as an offensive lineman, we can see that he is going through his progressions quickly. There, 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 balls out. It is different than. was a year ago that's the added aspect of Jalen Hurts playing the quarterback position very very high level for the Philadelphia Eagles
3: and he has not thrown a pick in his last two games and you mentioned a year ago if you go back to a year ago the Eagles have now won 14 of the last 17 games started in the regular season with Jalen Hurts it's 4 p.m. Eastern time your trade deadline oh we have new power rankings here as well yeah, we're the 49ers after their big move and their big win. This might surprise you. That's coming up next. Trade deadline is 80 minutes away. We have some deals. Bradley Chubb, the former fifth overall pick, is on the verge of going from Denver to Miami in exchange for a one of four and Chase Edmonds. Woo! That is a lot. We told you a couple of weeks ago that William Jackson would be on the move. It's finally going to go down. The corner, who has not played since week five, from Washington back to the AFC North this time to Pittsburgh. They're swapping late-round picks. Chase Claypool for a two. I don't know about this one. The Bears are giving up a two. Their two, not the Baltimore Roquan two, to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. Interesting, as is this, another in-division trade for the Vikings. They are getting T.J. Hawkinson from the Lions. It's Hawkinson and a couple of picks for a couple of twos. It's kind of complicated, but not really. T.J. Hawkinson replaces Irv Smith, who the Vikings put on injured reserve today. Go to NFL.com, as you do every Tuesday, to check out the brand-new power rankings. Dan Hanzoos puts them together, and then he has to sit here and deal with us Explaining them, he also goes on Good Morning Football for that. Though he wears a hoodie for this, he wears a great suit. Dan, great to see you as always. Great to see you. I to think I do about what I'm it. Told and I know. I think it's a great suit. It is. I'm happy with suit. this suit. They spelled his name wrong on side. Uh, the Bills, the Eagles, the Chiefs are still our top three. We have the Cowboys sitting there at four. There's no change there. The 49ers, Dan, are your number five team out of 32. They are four and four. They'd be the seventh seed in the NFC right now. They're the fifth best team in football.
11: Power rankings, not power standings. I know, but defend this one, please. Um, I believe in San Francisco. I believed in them entering the season when I had them at number three. Then you had the quarterback issues that came and they were struggling with some things. I now feel this team, and notice how everyone got very quiet, all the Christian McCaffrey uh, doubters of that deal, very quiet after he scores three touchdowns in the hat trick on Sunday. It was just interesting to me, Andrew, how much better they were than the Rams in that game. And I know they're looking up at Seattle in the standings, and I like the Seahawks too. Uh, but I think the Niners are the best team in this division. I think they're finding their identity. And as long as Jimmy G is protected well, they are going to move the ball every week with a very good defense. This is a very good
3: team. I hear what you're saying, the comparison to the Rams. I'm just saying comparing them to the rest of the league. Like, for example, the Vikings. Alexander Madison sitting in that chair yes. an hour ago. They are 6-1. and one. Their only loss was to the Eagles. Yet they're sitting here at 7 behind the Niners and the Ravens.
11: Yeah, I find the Vikings difficult to trust. Not Alexander Madison as a person at all. He seems like a great guy. I met him <laughs> earlier. But I'm talking about the Vikings because they do win every week. And I've noticed that Kirk Cousins is known to be saying things like, yeah, well, these are the games we lost last year. I don't know what the difference is. And It's like, oh, you didn't really like your old coach that much. Now they're winning the games they were losing last year. But they also they, hang, they let their opponent hang around every week. And if you watch the game against Arizona – the way that the Cardinals shot themselves in the foot over and over again, I felt like they lost that game more than the Vikings won it. Props to the Vikings for their record, but I'm, it's a trust issue. I'm just not there yet. I trust the Niners more.
3: Well, after they beat the Commanders this Sunday, if they do, we'll come back and say, do you like that? And we'll see how, <laughs> how far they move up. The Bengals are down 5-10. to 10. That did not look like a top-10 team last night to me, but I know Jamar Chase certainly factors into this.
11: Seattle and Geno Smith. Move up six spots into your top 10 now, Dan, at number nine. It's time to buy in on the Seahawks because the Geno's situation is what it is. It's this great surprise in the league that we're all trying to process in real time because it's not a fluke. It feels like he's going to, every week, give them a competitive performance and really drive that offense. It's the defense, though, Andrew. In the last three weeks, that has really changed things. They were one of the worst defenses in football uh, early in the season. And Pete Carr, who, by the way, should be the heavy favorite for Coach of the Year, has got this team coached up on D. Now they shut down Saquon and company in that game. And again, in a, a soft middle of the NFL where there's 20 plus teams that are all kind of hanging around in the same area, the Seahawks are a team I see is a cut above. That's why they've moved into the top 10. Love
3: Geno Smith on last week, and we said, Geno, you know, that thing from from week one, all, all your critics are wrote you off, and he said, Yeah, but I ain't right back. And I said, Do you plan to write back? And he said, No. Man, the Seahawks keep on winning. You talk about the soft middle of the league here. You were kinda sorta buying the Raiders last week at 13. They get shut out for the first time since 2014 and now they're down to 23.
11: Yeah, that's a a power rankings uh, trick or a a tell. If you see a team nosedive like that, it means I got it wrong. I was in on the Raiders. I thought they were gonna rise up. They barely beat the Texans last week and then crater at the Superdome. And I'm like, ah, why did I put my faith in you? This is sometimes hard, Andrew, and I'm admitting that I am fallible, and that, you know that's pretty magnanimous of me. I would say
3: he is a, he's a human. He makes mistakes. Rarely, however, rarely <laughs> does he do that. You can see Dan Hanzoos in the Power Rankings, NFL.com. Go there now. It's also part of a fantastic podcast. I recommend check out the podcast thank you Dan as we continue to celebrate Native American Heritage Month we share the accomplishments of a great hall of famer the great Jim Thorpe the first Native American player in the NFL also the first Native American player in DeCanton in 1963 two gold medals in the pentathlon and the decathlon at the 1912 Olympic Games